I've never told this story to anyone. It took me a moment or two to realise what I'd just agreed to. The first mistake that I ever made in my life. She said, I'm leaving Broome now, I'm coming to meet you. The memory lasted forever. Wanted young dynamic people to join our dog sledding family. All I know is that. It was like a shockwave going through my body. Most of our storytellers at Spun tell their stories. But sometimes they need to be performed, because that's how they were lived. Hello and welcome to another podcast episode from Spun. My name's Jess Ong. Bilhar Smith learned early on what it was like to feel different. As a child in Palestine, she didn't quite measure up to the physical standards set by children or adults. But finding the freedom to be herself meant connecting with other people. The face you see here in front of you this evening, it's not my real face. I was born in a small village on a hill overlooking the Lake of Galilee, surrounded by rocky outcrops, barley and wheat fields, pine trees, and an old grove of olives. I love the wind on my face. I love to walk bare feet on the chocolatey soil, you know, wet and sticky in the winter and very dry and cracked in the summer. I was born different. My face, my ugly face, and I knew it was ugly and different because I've been told by many had a very long, protruding jaw that kept growing non-stop. No cheekbones and a very long Jewish nose stuck, squashed into my face. There was a name, doesn't matter the name. What mattered is that it was difficult to chew, difficult to suck, to bite, difficult to breathe. So I'm growing different, and my peers, they let me know that I'm different. They call me names, they shun me, they tease me, they pull me, they throw sticks at me and mud and dirt. And I feel that all what I want is that the earth will open its mouth and I will just disappear. However, my only solace was a very narrow gap between my father's shack, my father's garage, and my mother's kitchen, very narrow, where I would hide, I would curl up in a fetus, I would cry my eyes out, and just hope to die. Why do I have this face? My mother, she knew. She understood it. She felt it as much as I did. So she will take me around to many doctors and orthodontists to try and fix the problem. They will push and poke. They will put plates of wires. They will even pull good teeth from my bottom jaw. Nothing. Nothing will help. Till one enlightened 
orthodontist said to my mother, look, stop this merry-go-round because the only thing that will help her will be when she stopped growing about 17, 18, an operation. Fast forward, 1960, I am 18. It's been a year of operations. First time attempt in Israel, never before done. And I'm a guinea pig. They chopped, they cut my jaw, they wired it together, they pulled a bone from my hip, they put it in my cheeks, they pushed my nose up, they put another bone, and here I am, lying in a white bed, in the new hospital of Hadassah in Jerusalem, white walls, my face is covered with bandages, and two surgeons and a bunch of student doctors surrounding my bed. And I know this is the moment that I waited my whole life. The surgeons are slowly and very carefully start winding the bandages for my face. They send me to the mirror. I open the door. I looked. I am looking into the mirror. And there is this stranger looking at me. And all this anticipation, emotion that was overwhelming, the dam burst and I just cried. I sobbed my heart out. Well, I'm hearing in the back the students and the surgeon saying, why are you crying? You're beautiful. You're like a princess. I think I was crying for many things. Of course, one of them was a grief of losing my face, the face that I, I knew up to then. Probably also the knowledge that although this is a new face, and this face is normal, and it's like a passport into a normal face, into a normal world out there. There will be a much longer journey to heal my soul, my tortured and sad soul. So this long journey starts. And I'm taking my body this time, or maybe my body took me, I'm not quite sure, as a vehicle to use to explore. So it will be years of dancing, of singing, of acting over many countries, which will bring me to Darwin in the end, where I finally began to explore performance art, which is a ritualistic movement, again with my body, again to express my thoughts, my feelings, and every time when I get into the stage, before I get into the stage, I have this dread, I have this mixture of the same feeling that I felt while lying on the bed, waiting the surgeons to unwrap my bandages. And every time that I come into the stage and I dance, or, or I act, or I do my ritualistic performance, 
I feel that there is this kind of magical thing that happened between the audience and me. And I feel that there is this unforeseen chemistry that helped me to unravel one more bandage out of my soul. And now, this evening, you, each one of you, are my surgeons, my doctors. You are helping to unwind my bandages, to feel freedom, to heal my soul, to let the light and joy coming into me. Thank you. Bill Haar has lived in Australia for 30 years and was a well-known local performance artist and poet here in Darwin. She now lives in Queensland. Bilha told her story at our event where the theme was chemistry. This podcast episode featured sound editing by Rosa Ellen, music by Lajlo Hassani, story production by Johanna Bell, with funding support from Darwin International Airport. My name's Jess Ong. Thanks for listening. 